Today on Table Talk Radio, we're crunching your favorite Easter praise songs. That'll be edifying. Stay tuned. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, the the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? (laughs) If you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. (laughs) Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Boy, you almost missed your cue there. It's like, oh, something comes after that. What is it? Oh, that sounds so familiar. Christ is risen. Uh, what's the response? Cue. I know. It's weird to do Line. the Easter show in the middle of Holy Week. <laughs> I know. Nobody knows that. Be quiet. Um, all right. So oh, uh, happy Easter and all of that. Um, Thank you. You know, it's funny. Here at Table Talk Radio, we thought, what's the best way to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ? And the the answer we came to was mock praise songs. So I mean that's fitting, don't you think? I do. There is a whole theme of mockery in the resurrection. So the the resurrection is the mockery of the devil thumbing it at, <laughs> uh, at the grave, saying, "Hey, you have no authority over us," and we're gonna do you know in that whole spirit of things. We looked up the top one hundred praise songs for Easter, and we're gonna see how that goes. Now, in case you're a first time listener, which all of you are. Um, it's not just because we're Fort Wayne grads that we uh, mock praise songs. It's like how I'm using inside jokes when talking to the first-time listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, That's right. But, but That's we right. actually have an objective criteria in which we look at praise songs, and so you'll get to hear hear that uh, later in the program. But first, buzzwords. Pastor Wolfmuller. Uh, yes, mine is, appropriately themed, this Greek phrase, Christos Anesti. Which is just Greek for Christ is arisen. So that's in fact where the the Christ is arisen. He's risen indeed. Uh, ane- uh, I think the response is aneste elethos, uh, he, uh, truly risen, uh, and that is the um, the origin of the phrase uh, Christ is risen. Started in the Greek, came to us in every other language, etc. So Christianest, Christos anesti. Nice. All right, my uh, theological buzzword for you is a ro- or buzz phrase: ironic benediction. 
And uh, this comes to us from the book of Numbers, in which um, uh, Numbers chapter 6, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, This you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And so this is the uh, benediction that we continue to use in the Christian church at the conclusion of the service that the people depart with the benediction, the same benediction that um, that the Lord commanded uh, Moses to speak to Aaron, to speak to the people uh, uh, with his blessing. Now, here, this is uh, fascinating, though, when it says that the Lord would uh, turn his face to shine on you and to lift up his countenance upon you and to give you peace. I mean, this is a pure gospel. And maybe we don't think of it that much as like, oh, just a... Uh, just some kind of a general blessing. But think about this, that the only way that the Lord's face, which of course, when it's speaking of the Lord's face, the, you know, God the Father does not have a face <laughs> that he uh, turns towards people, but that's a way of speaking of his favor. So uh, we, we usually talk about uh, on the cross where Jesus cries out in the cry of dereliction, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That he's turned his face away from his son there because Jesus there is bearing all of our sins and God can't um, uh, put his gracious presence in the place of sin. But because of that, now he puts his gracious upon his gracious presence upon us so that he uh, his face shines towards us. He puts his peace upon us. And isn't it fascinating that when the pastor uh, pronounces this blessing, he makes with his hand the sign of the cross, that these blessings could only come by the cross of Christ. That's really beautiful. Yes. Well done. That's a great buzz phrase. All right. Well, good luck getting it in. I bet you have a hard time maybe during the points joke he'll get it i'm just just to predict you know I, so my prediction is i'm probably going to forget hey, uh, about you want to double or nothing on the points <laughs> I'll, i'm going to wager i'm going to wager some points here so you know normally the buzzword sneaking it in is worth what 500 points sneak it in unnoticed mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but how about this if i can sneak it in even noticed i'll, I'll take a thousand points but if i don't get it in there before let's say halfway through the fourth segment then you can deduct a, a 500 points from no me. way How about that no way no deal no deal oh, man i'm out as they say in shark tank i'm out all right um <laughs> let's uh let's okay. do a little praise song crunching now first we have to talk about the cruncher why it was invented and what does it say and uh your this is your brainchild so i'll let you go at it pastor wolf miller uh, so the pra someone asked me, hey, uh, what's wrong with these praise songs? What's Where's the false doctrine? And I started looking and saying, oh, man, there's no false doctrine because there's no doctrine. <laughs> you know, you can't paint a house the wrong color if there's no house to paint. It's like, uh, where's the, uh, the poison food? But there's no food. <laughs> there's no food. Right. That's right. If you don't, if you don't ascend to the level of an assertion, you can neither be true nor false. So we had to look a little bit deeper and say, well, what is going on if we have a song that it can be qualified, it can be cat categorized as neither true nor false? Because that was the old deal, you know. Hey, if there's no false doctrine, it's got to be good. That's like the, that's like the assumption of a thing. If there's no false doctrine, it's got to be good. But we have to look a little bit deeper. And we, when we started pressing on this and looking a little bit deeper, we found that. One of the things that was going on with the praise song is uh, that it was governed by the idea of mysticism, which is the theological movement that puts the adherent in motion towards an internal, unmediated experience with the divine presence. And that's 
been confirmed over and over as we look at the at the praise songs that they are mysticism and mysticism is dangerous because it it tempts people away from the certainty of the external word and towards the uncertainty subjectivism of the internal experience so when we get to the praise song the cruncher is a tool to evaluate the mystical content of a thing now it could be that a song could be just bad but not mystical and so the cruncher might miss it um, but uh, we we ask five questions. Is Jesus mentioned? That's the first question. Then we say, uh, is it mystical in form? Very repetitive, hypnotic mantra sort of stuff, uh, using uh, fr- uh, fragments rather than sentences, uh, images rather than assertions. And uh, then third, is it mystical in in content? Uh, does it have? Does it talk about losing yourself, about touching, experiencing, seeing God in the inside, and all that sort of stuff? Does it use romantic imagery? Picture Jesus as my boyfriend and the church, and and so forth. Uh, then, is there any? Um, is there a distinction between law and gospel? That's the fourth question. And then, is there any other false doctrine? That, that's kind of the catch-all. Uh, five uh, th- things not noticed yet. Any explicit false teaching and so forth. So that's the cruncher. And if a song makes it through, we evaluate it, and it, it comes out either crunched or sometimes songs can be. Like use like fine to listen to in the car. Like you wouldn't want to have them in church, but they, but you know they're otherwise maybe helpful and edifying pieces of art. And then they could be good. You know, let's use them. So, so in other words, that's uh, how that goes. The old the old ancient hymn writer set out to when he was writing his hymn to impart certain truths uh, based upon the scripture, so that you want to lay out maybe the promises of God before the singer of the hymn. And uh, then you could take a look at the words and say, okay, this is confirmed by the Word of God. Or you might say, well, this is actually not confirmed by the Word of God. But the new way of doing praise songs was not to set out to write truths, but to um, write a song that would be emotionally moving. Because the assumption is, and I think this is where all of this kind of stands or falls, is that if I have been emotionally moved during the church service, then something spiritual has taken place. Is that right? Yep. That's right, and that's why you gotta, you know, that's why you, uh, you gotta put your hands up because they're playing your song, and, and you gotta, you, you become a kind of spirit antenna. You recognize that song, that hit song? Yeah, that praise song. Yeah, I and you that. Be- because you gotta be moved. You gotta be. This is the whole thing. You gotta. By the praise song writer Miley. Carrie was showing me this funny bi- video last night on the Facebook about this baby that was wrapped up. You know how they swaddle the babies? They wrap them all up. And every time this baby was unwrapped, he would throw his hands up in the air. And they were putting all these different songs uh, to it. So uh, there's that one that goes, uh, uh, when I show up, everyone puts the hands up. And they stay there. And, and so the baby did that. And then and then it had the line from Braveheart. And it said, they could take our lives, but they can't take our freedom and his hands go up oh that's great that's anyway, next week and what the wolf millers do after the kids go to bed you want to stay tuned for that we're gonna be <laughs> uh, right. hey carrie gotta show you this new youtube video i found it's it's like you, you have the wednesday whatnot but uh when when the kids go to bed it's like the everyday whatnot with pastor brian wolf <laughs> <laughs> carrie does that she she gets all these funny things in there that's where they all come from all right well we're gonna take a quick break when we get back from this break we're gonna be taking a look at the most what? popular easter praise songs and crunching them for your service here on Table Talk Radio. If you have a praise song you want us to crunch or any other comments or questions, we do want to hear from you. The toll-free number is 1-800-385-7652. 1-800-385-SOLA. 
And you can also send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Praise songs are going to sound awesome after these bumps. Table Talk Radio. For those who have tried everything else to get a good night's sleep. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. What the heck? This is just horrible. <laughs> this is like the background music. Who's ready like to a, crunch some praise songs? Train set video. <laughs> How'd you, you know, know where like, I got the It's like Thomas music. the Train, but it's like four. Today, Sir Topham Hatt is going to go on a journey to see the to see the lambs. Thomas the Train comes around the corner to pick him up. Bam, bam. Hello, Sir Topham Hatt. Whoa, coming in pretty fast, Thomas. How do you even Thomas do this? didn't realize he was going faster than he was supposed to in the train yard. Bum, bum, ba, 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 da, ba. That or a bump in for Table Talk Radio, one or the other. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're punching all of your favorite Easter praise songs. Table Talk Radio is a very helpful radio show. <laughs> and <laughs> and Sir Topham Gigline <laughs> and Wolfmuther the Tank Engine. Bump, Wait, you're the tank bump, engine. Bump, 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 bump. <laughs> you're bump, the you're bump. the tank engine. Hey, you know once sure. you're halfway through this praise sure. song, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. That might be mixing two I, I children's think you are. Trains, All right, but, but uh, that's never mind. That's enough of that. All right, they're so, all ecumenical, anyways. The nice thing about uh, looking at praise songs is you got websites like praisecharts.com to tell you the top ranking praise songs particularly the top-ranking praise songs for the day of Easter. And among those is a hymn called Worthy Is Your Name by Passion featuring Sean Curran. And this is how... Wait, wait, wait. Is it is it Worthy Is Your Name or Worthy Of Your Name? Oh, you're right. Sorry. Worthy Of Your Name. That, that preposition... That's very different. Prepositions matter. That preposition <laughs> is going to be the money preposition, by the way, <laughs> I think. I'm just guessing, looking at the title, because I haven't actually looked at the lyrics. Worthy that of your name. Okay, so here it is. Cheating. Stories of the Savior. Holiness with human hands. That's kind of a nice line. Treasure for the I mean, tree. phrase. Treasure for the tree. No ear it heard, no eye it I don't think I'd know what he was saying if I didn't have the words. Seagull sound. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the seagull, the kind of seagull call in the background. <laughs> That's the song. Okay, so Pastor Ruffalo, 
So it's you didn't, here it goes. You did not speak. You made no sound. You died for your accusers. I kind of like that. As your blood fell to the ground, you redefined my future. What is that? That doesn't rhyme with anything. Sound? Oh, accusers. I see. Okay. On the day when you arose, the darkness ran for cover. It's kind of cool. For king of kings had claimed his throne. Now, until forever, you are worthy of your name, Jesus. You're my author, my maker, my ransom, my savior. Notice the British you there. The superfluous you. <laughs> my refuge, my hiding place. I don't know what the deal is with these Brits and their yous. <laughs> You're my helper. That's probably a side point. You're my helper, my healer, my blessed redeemer, my answer, my saving grace. You're my hope in the shadows, my strength in the battle, my anchor for all my days. And you stand by my side and you stood in my place. That's kind of cool. Jesus, no other name. No, only Jesus, no other name. There's some. And then. You are worthy, you are worthy of your name, you are worthy, you are worthy. Repeat one, two, three, four, five, six times. All right. <laughs> well, it kind of falls apart there at the end. It kind of, kind of just it, hit. It was this by passion conference. It kind of goes passion conference style there at the end. At one point, they just hit repeat and they walk yeah, off the right. stage. Hey, you guys keep going. We're going to take a break. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, there's some there's some neat lines in here that you've pointed yeah, out. I think um, so. yeah. But you know what's shockingly missing in this song? Mm-mm. Any mention of sin? <laughs> there is that. There's that. There's always that. <laughs> let's see how the let's see what the cruncher, the fine-tuned instrument called the cruncher. Okay. Well, I I am working off of the praise song cruncher 2.5, which is available on our website tabletalkradio.org. Really? I didn't. How do we get to 2.5? What do we change? Click the articles tab and you'll find it. Um, no, the 2.5 is what we've been using for a while. So this is this is the um, standard. Yeah, standard the sliding cruncher. scale. So you have the is Jesus mentioned? Yes, no, or I can't tell. I can't tell zero points. Yes is t- plus 10 points, and no is minus 10 oh, points. Oh, that's right. The point five gave us the actual numbers to put into the um, right. to that really complex algorithm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We never got to work because we can't figure out how to use a scientific calculator. <laughs> uh, Jesus is mentioned. Here it says, you are worthy of your name, Jesus. Now, if you would have asked me when it says worthy of your name, what that's going to be singing about, I would say that's going to be singing about how the Christian should live to be worthy of the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's That was would have been my guess. And you know what I would have been? Wrong. Wrong. Because this is talking about how Jesus is worthy of his name, Jesus, which means Savior. And I actually like that idea. I mean, it's talking about how Jesus has done all of these things so that it's right to call Jesus, Jesus. In fact, yeah. I think if you just want to boil down the whole kind of theology of the Bible and the Lutheran Church, it's that Jesus is Jesus. Yeah. Jesus yeah. is Savior. Yeah, when I when I first heard that, I thought it sounded kind of weird. Well, uh, of course he's worthy of his name because it's him. You know, I mean, so this is, this is the difference. This is what it's articulating. Um, just God in his in his uh, characteristics versus the God who accomplishes something. And this song is emphasizing uh, Jesus who um, who is uh, perfectly obedient according to his human nature so that mm-hmm. according to his obedience, he has um, obtained perfection, not just because of his, who he is, of his character, but because of what he has done in according to a, a human person. So you're right. This is a this is a, a wonderful Lutheran theme. That's right. So, I mean, Jesus, remember, means God saves. And so it's going to. And so the idea is if you're worthy of your name, it means. Well, his name is Jesus, but he actually is God who saves. 
And um, and so it's it's talking. You would hope then that the song would would hit on some of those themes, and I think in some ways it does. I mean, now the first couple of stanzas which we heard go like this: rumors of the Son of Man, stories of a Savior, holiness with human hands, treasure for the traitor. Now that is a bad stanza. I mean, so holiness with human hands. That's cool. That's a cool line. Um. I liked it a lot, but it's actually not a, none of these are actual sentences or assertions and they're disconnected. They're just, they're doing the praise song thing of just kind of shooting images at you. Bam, bam, bam. Rumors of the son of man, stories of a savior. This is kind of, you're, you're maybe being taken back to the life of Jesus and you're kind of all over the place. You don't really know what's going on. There's treasure. There's Judas. There's Jesus. There's stories. There's rumors. You don't, it's kind of has that kind of confusing sort of thing. And then the second stanza goes like this. No ear had heard, no eye had seen, scripture from Paul, 1 Corinthians, the image of the Father until heaven came to live with me and rescue like no other. Now that's just tr- that's trying to get at the incarnation. It's stealing language from other parts of the scripture that are talking about something different. Jesus is the image of the Father. Uh, so that's true. But... Um, but it's so vague that you would really have to be a theologian to kind of get to put these images together. Now, this brings up a, an important point that should not be missed, I think. And that is oftentimes what will happen is you and I will be crunching a song or to talking about a song or someone will be doing it. And some Lutheran pastor, some Lutheran Christian said, look at this. This is a beautiful confession of the Incarnation. And we have to point out the fact that the, the confession of the Incarnation is not there in the words, but it's there in the person who's reading them's theology. And they're pouring in mm. their theology into the images. That's Be- one of the because of the we, lack of sentences. Right, that's right. That's one of the things that you can do when you don't have an assertion is you start to, you start to fill in your own meaning. Mm. Well, so what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? That's how... You know, and the song can mean different things to different people because it doesn't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that there could be some you know great Lutherans, and they say, look at how what a bold, clear confession of the two natures of Christ and of the incarnation about how Christ is the image of the invisible Father, and in Him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily, and so forth. But you have to say, hey, that, that's great, that's great, uh, that the images here push you that way. But just please take note that those are not in the words themselves, but you are bringing your own orthodoxy to the text and laying it over what's here. And someone who doesn't have that theological background is going to do something different. Which brings us to another point, and that is that while the praise songs are always, or not always, but almost always argued for on the basis of their accessibility to the hmm. to the stranger of the church, you know, Hey, uh, you know, we don't have these deep theological sort of songs. We want to make songs that people who haven't been to church can understand and so forth. We want to simply here point out the fact that if you don't have some theological background, you got no idea what this is talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. just pretend like you're a pagan. Or if you're a pagan, just, you don't even have to just pretend. Just pretend you're you. <laughs> no ear had heard, no eye had seen the image of the Father until heaven came to live with me and rescue like no other. Do you know what that's talking about? Nope. Answer? No. You got no idea. I, the pagan, have what no idea. What is that mumbo jumbo? However, if okay. you use sentences, then uh, the pagan has at least a chance of understanding what it means because he might have gotten an A in English class. 
Right. Or whatever particular language he is. I don't know why you're so <laughs> kind of Trigger warning, or, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, real quick. So I, I think Table Talk Radio should be open to all different nationalities of pagans. We are, we are. Uh, so, okay, good. real quick, 10 points for Table... for Sorry, 10 points for having Jesus. Would you say negative points for not having sentences? Uh, yes. Negative. negative 10 points. All right, we'll be right back. Right after this folk song. Was not quite as bad. Thomas the train sped up as he rounded the crazy corner. He chucked it's really classy up here. Table Talk Radio will be right back. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Whoa. Settle down. A little bit too rowdy up in here. Mm -hmm. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Okay, so we are in the middle of a potential crunch with the song Worthy of Your Name by Passion. And you, though we gave the song 10 points for using Jesus' name, a minus 10 for its mystical form. And then I'm guessing you're going to give it another negative 10 for repetition, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I get to double it up on that? Yeah. I was just bunching all in the... the I mean, it's just, there's a couple sentences around here. I found a sentence in this song. Um, where did it go? It's you a, died for your accusers. That's a nice sentence. Yeah. You are worthy. That's a sentence. <laughs> there's a there's a sentence every now and again. Yeah, he hits a, a he sentence by accident. I don't accident. think he does it on purpose. <laughs> Oops, I actually right. had a sentence there. Oops. As uh, your blood fell to the ground, you redefined my future. That's kind of weird. I mean, uh, you did not speak. You made no sound. That's important, by the way. I mean... Now that's uh, this is interesting to pick up on that the, the scriptures are emphasized the silence of Jesus before his accusers and that is um, uh, something that's picked up on in the song it's not something that's often picked up on um, yeah well let's move on to mystical content now there's five categories for plus or minus ten points first one is immediacy so does the song talk about an immediate experience with God seeing touching feeling. It's, it is kind of it does this move um, that with the, with that line that I was talking about you define redefine my future your blood fell to the ground and you would expect now okay so let's just imagine the blood of Jesus falling to the ground so he sheds his blood he's he's his blood um, you know that speaks a better thing than the blood of Abel his the blood that cries out not for vengeance but for forgiveness the blood that um, that opens up heaven and everlasting life, the blood that is a that's the price paid for our atonement, like Peter says, not he he uh, redeemed us not with gold or silver, but with holy precious blood, his innocent suffering and death that Luther picks up on in the Catechism. So, you know, the blood of Jesus, which is not the blood of bulls and goats that can't take away sins. This is the this is true, a true atoning sacrifice. And so, to speak of the blood of Jesus. You would just you would think probably what would come next would be something like as your blood fell to the ground, um, my sins were atoned for, or heaven was open, mm. or justice was satisfied, or righteous. You know, but it says but it says you redefined my future. 
It was just kind of a little bit of a letdown of a line mm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it takes us, you know, the 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 mystic move to take everything and to make it kind of on me. Now it's not About bad. My destiny. It's not. It's true. It's. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's true that the the the, the blood of Jesus redefines our future, because our future was hell, and now it's not. <laughs> you know. I mean, that's destiny redefined. You, know, you make the point that <laughs> you make the point here, Evan, that, that that it didn't mention sin, and so um, if it's not sin, then th- th- that defines my future. But now the blood of Christ that defines my future. Then well, what is it? My future's hopeless or whatever. And but now it's going to be better or something stupid like that. You know. So it just it kind of is. Um, it takes the gospel and it, in some ways, it kind of it diminishes it there by taking this really subjective turn. At least I, I think something like that's happening. So, um, what do you think about just saying I can't tell on the immediacy question? Is it or or? Yeah. Is, or <clears throat> Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> let me cl- uh, let me <laughs> let me get close to the mic. To Wonderful right radio. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's mostly it's objective. Uh, I'd say, but there's there's some subjective moves in there. So, I, is there a way to make it neutral? Yeah, zero. All right. Uh, okay. r- romance? Any romance in this song? Uh, no, I don't see any romance. Okay. Loss of self. Hmm. No, no, no. Okay. No, no loss of self. Internal. Mm, uh, no, not really. Okay, subjective. The day when you arose, darkness ran forever. Yeah, subjective. It's I mean, it, it, it's half and half, you know? Um, okay, so we'll do zero on that one. So that uh, <clears throat> next takes us to... There's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, there, I mean, again, I want to kind of highlight some. There's some really nice things in here. So, like this, when it kind of goes into the list of all the names of Jesus, you're my author. That's biblical Hebrews two. My maker. That's biblical. Um, you know, everywhere, but Genesis one. So, my ransom. That's the Son of Man came to be the ransom for many. My Savior. That's the main thing. If we could just correct the spelling to make it American. My refuge. That's all over the Psalms. My hiding place. Also the Psalms. My helper. Indeed, my healer, the great physician, my blessed redeemer, Job 19, my answer, which is kind of weird, but I suppose that's all right. My saving grace. Okay, that's fine. You're my hope in the shadows. Well, that's all right. That's fine. Hope is fine in the shadows. I don't know. My strength in the battle, my anchor for all my days. Those are all biblical names for Jesus. And then this, you stand by my side and you stood in my place. That little phrase is really quite beautiful because it talks about how Jesus, when he was raised, he, he and he when he ascended into heaven, he did not depart from us. He's with us always. But the idea that he stood in our place under the judgment and wrath of God is really, really quite wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it, But it, again, it, this is the problem. You, you stood in my it. place. You've got to know your theology to know what the heck it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you stood in my place. Well, what does that mean? So as so, we... Sorry, uh, as we move on to the, the law gospel question, would you say that um, you can't tell if law gospel is confused or that it is confused because well, it doesn't really present a problem? No, it's, it's I don't think it's confused here. It's just not. It'd be like saying it'd be like me writing a poem and it'd be like this. Law is awesome. Gospel is awesomer. 
You're like, well, okay, that is it true? What you, yeah, but it doesn't say enough. You know, it doesn't give you enough to make that. Again, it falls into the praise song trap of of kind of working with images and not with actual assertions. Uh, and that's going on here again. So, okay, I'm going to mark that for zero for I can't tell. And then the last question is: Is there any false doctrine not already addressed? No, I don't think so. I don't actually think there's any false doctrine in here. Um, darkness ran for cover. Came from blood, fell to the ground. You read upon my future. Um, treasure for the traitor. I don't know what that means. Heaven came to live with me. Uh, no, I don't think there's any false doctrine. There's hints at orthodox. There are hints that whoever wrote this song actually knows some theology, hmm. which is interesting to me. But there's, they, they, but they're just like clues. It's like I've I've read the Bible and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of indicate that with the song, but I'm not gonna give you enough to to know for sure. So adding up all the plus and minuses on this, this ends out with 30 points. And according to the scale here. 30 points means that it is appropriate for the car. Do you agree with that assessment? Ooh, man. I, th I was thinking that. It might, like the second, like the middle half is appropriate. Like skip the first couple stanzas. <laughs> you need and an then edited skip version the, for and, the car. And then skip like the last 10 minutes of repeating you are worthy. <laughs> and that middle part would be all right. <laughs> So maybe this one's just crunched. Is it, should we just crunch well, it? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it came close. Did you see? I mean, I hope we're being. Uh, we're just not here to be jerks. I mean, we try to want to well say the good things that are good. And there's some really nice, like almost really awesome things about this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I'm gonna say it's crunched. I don't think it passes passes muster. I mean, if you okay. have to edit edit parts out to, for be uh, appropriate in the car, I think it's just crunched. Let's move on to the next one. It's called. Uh, the Cross Has the Final Word by Cody Carnes. Look at that. No, it's <laughs> Carnes. How can that name not be very Spanish? Carnes. <laughs> Whatever you say. Cody right. Carnes. Do you, do you, hey, do you see this? Now, let's just evaluate from the thing. The Cross Has the Final Word. You would think that this might have the potential of being a helpful piece, right? I, I haven't think looked so. at the words yet, but I'm starts with good potential. I'm hopeful. Yeah, here's the song. Let's see how it goes. Playing the piano for the praise song is getting easier because you don't have to change the chords of the whole song. <laughs> Mentioned that. <laughs> and now we're going to get to the chorus. Guess what the chorus says? <laughs> hey, what does the cross have? <laughs> Oh, I got it. 
Savior spelled with a U there. The superfluous U. All right, I think I got the gist of that song. Um, the cross has the final word. He traded death for eternal life. The cross has the final word. Then look at the bridge. There's nothing stronger, nothing higher, nothing greater than the name of Jesus. All the honor with the superfluous U. All the power, all the glory to the name of Jesus. The cross has the final word. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to get out the praise song cruncher, get a fresh sheet and a new scorecard to crunch this song. The cross has the final word. That's right. That's the name of the song. Sir Topple Pat was expecting. They could have come up with a better title. Table Talk Radio. Arrive soon. Well, we think we're funny. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. What the heck? We really need help here. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You know what I mean when I say need help? No. What are you talking about? It used to be, well, you know, there is a strategy to our really bad bump music, I suppose. And that is that why, it's why you pick the really bad hymn for the sermon hymn, and then people don't notice how bad the sermon is. Mm-hmm. I, I employ that practice regularly. So if we have really bad bump music, then people are like, well, See, at that's, least the bump is over. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. People were uh, listening to the show. And fast-forwarding the talk and just going to the next bump music. So I right. thought if I change that, then they might listen to what we have to say. Weird. Think it's working? <laughs> it makes me not hate the open as much because that was actually a real song. Now people th- – th- see, we need not really – background this, of Thomas the Tank Engine. This, this is why we really need to get new bump music, and that is that uh, now people are fast-forwarding to the Prey songs. <laughs> and we can't have that. So, like, they'll fast forward to the song, the cross has the final word, the cross has the final word, the cross has the final word, the cross has the word. I was wondering what had the final word. <laughs> All right, let's look, look through the cruncher. Does this song mention Jesus? Yeah, I saw Jesus in here, and so it's talking about the cross, and we're going to assume that that's the cross of Jesus. I think that's a fair assumption. Okay. And then uh, it also does mention Jesus down here in the bridge. There's nothing stronger, nothing higher, nothing greater than the name of Jesus. All the honor, superfluous you, all the power, all the glory of the, to the name of Jesus. That talks about Jesus there. Jesus mentioned, yes. Okay. Um, is there song by Cody Carnes. Uh, is there sentence fragments or full sentences? The cross as the final word is a sentence. Sorrow may come in the darkest night, but the cross has the final word. Is a sentence. So we are working with sentences this time. That's kind of nice. I'm not 100% sure what it means, though. I mean, so you could maybe figure it out. Sorrow may come in the darkest night. That's, you know, the psalm says, weeping endures for the night. Sorrow mm-hmm. comes. I think that's probably a riff on that. But the cross has the final word. In other words, the sorrow of the night is not the final word. The cross has the final word. Evil may put up its strongest fight, but the cross has the strongest word. So there might be sorrow. There might be evil. But the cross is going to triumph. The, the Savior has come with the morning light. The cross has the final word. Now, that is a weird one because I don't know if the morning light there is talking about Easter or just the mm. joy comes in the morning, mm. referencing the song the second thing before. Mm. 
Uh, but Easter and the cross are here put together, which is why, you, you know, you get this, this argument, the Protestant argument, remember this, that we don't have a crucifix, we have an empty cross, because the empty cross preaches the resurrection. And I think that's probably what's going on in that stanza three. Hmm. He traded death for eternal life. The cross has the final word. Now, that is a sentence worth examining. Mm. So let's try to figure out what this means. He traded death for eternal life. We've got to figure out what that means. Uh, so that he there is Jesus. He traded death for eternal life. Now, now it could be that he's like he's trading with death, but I don't think that's what it's mean. I think it means he has death, and he's going to trade death for eternal life. Now, normally when we think of eternal life, we're thinking of the eternal life that Jesus wins for us on the cross. But I think this is talking about his resurrected eternal life. And so he's saying he he had his death, but now he says, no, I'm going to trade in this death for life and I'm going to be raised. And then after that, it says the cross has the final word so that it's it's putting it's equating the cross and the resurrection here. But without any work, I mean, the, hmm. the cross and the resurrection ought to be equated with each other, but you've got to do a little bit of theological work to get there. In other words, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is declared to be sufficient for the redemption of the, the world and acceptable to God the Father, you know, a sufficient sacrifice by the gift of the resurrection on the third day. But it's kind of weird. It's, it's, it, it's almost like it just says cross and means resurrection in some ways, yeah. which is just a little bit... You see it? I think it's so, a little bit sloppy. So he has death, and he puts death away to now take up eternal life. And then you go back and say the cross is the final word. Well, the cross was his death as a final word. So without actually saying what the final word is, <laughs> that is uh, of the final word of our judgment, you know, so that um, if, if it said that uh, uh, the— uh, the, our sins are not held against us because they were held against Jesus, and therefore the cross is the final word. Now we're getting to some theological points worth worth singing about. But just as it is, repeating these uh, six words over and over again, and then just throwing in a he traded in death for eternal life, isn't actually giving us any promises whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's just, I mean, the idea that the cross has the final word is great, but... Um... But you, but what's the word that the cross has? Right. You know, I mean, the cross. Well, so the cross has the final word. But what is it? That God can die, that the devil can kill Jesus, or that my sins are forgiven, that eternal life is mine. In other words, you. It's really nice to say the cross has the final word. But you probably ought to just mention what the word is. It's like the guys that talk about preaching the gospel, but they never actual actually preach the gospel. How many sermons have you heard? Mm-hmm where the guy talks about how great the gospel is, but actually never mentions it. It's like, well, if it's so great, you should just mention it every now and again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a similar sort of thing. It's like, well, the cross is really great, but why Why? Why so great? I well, mean, just... what, do you th- what, what are your thoughts on this uh, bridge where it says, there is nothing stronger, nothing higher, nothing greater than the name of Jesus? Well, that kind of reminds me of... Um, that kind of reminds me of the Philippians 2 verse... Uh, you know, where it says, um, yeah, where, so every knee shall bow. Is that kind of yeah, thing? Right, right, right. Where right. else is that in the New Testament? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, uh, <laughs> Romans 14. Also, Romans 14 from Isaiah. Um, you know, and Acts says that there's salvation under no other name than the name of Jesus. 
it's in the in, in the ironic benediction that the Lord puts his name on us. The Lord bless you and keep you. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard that for about 300 points. Mm-hmm. So, so it's right. It's There is nothing greater than the name of Jesus. You have exalted your name and your word above all things. I think that's Psalm 8. So the name of Jesus is exalted. But, uh, but, why, but it'd be nice to mention why, you know? Because he saves us, like we got to have the last song that talks about how Jesus is worthy of his name because he died. He's because he stood in our place and stuff like that. All right, so I'm going to just get there. I'm going to keep filling this out. So I'm going to give this uh, ten points for having complete sentences. And now, technically, the you can only go as low as negative ten for repetition, but I'm going to say negative twenty for repetition because. Okay. It's very, 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 very repetitive. It is. <laughs> so let's look at mystical content immediacy. Um, no. Uh, I don't think so. Romance. No, no romance. Loss of self. Mm, no. Uh, internal. Maybe. You know, we maybe need to put a different category in there, and that is that the prob- the category of sin, wrath, judgment, and forgiveness are transferred to trouble, distance, and uh, you know, a, a kind of uh, just uh, the idea of con- and confusion. So, so sorrow. So you have sorrow, and then the cross of the final word. So that the whole problem is not God's anger over my sin, but just that you know I'm sad, or sadness. It's, it's like. The emotional effects of sin are the are the thing that we need to be rescued from. You see what I'm saying? And this song really has that sort of flavor to it. Um, hmm. I think. You okay. see what I'm saying? You see what I'm getting at there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how how to score this. Um, Just knock five points off for it. <laughs> okay, that's five. <laughs> All right. What I don't ab- have any. I, what about sub- I don't think it matters. What about subjective? Oh, it matters. <laughs> oh, it does. Okay. <laughs> I don't. It's not really subjective. I don't think. I mean, it's not. It's kind of. This is really bland. I mean, uh, re- literally seventy-five percent of the song is the cross has the final word. Mm-hmm. It's seventy-five percent. Every every stanza has four lines, and three of them are the cross has the final word. I mean, it's not really, and it never says what the word is. This is really the lazy man's guide to writing a song. <laughs> yeah. Putting um, the re in repetitive here, I mean, just really bad. So, uh, I mean, it's so milk toast that it's not it's neither subjective nor objective. It's just it's like it's like humming something you don't know the words to in some ways. But. <laughs> That's a good description. All right, now uh, law gospel. Any any way you could work out some law gospel in this? Well, he traded death for eternal life. That sounds like it should be something to do with law and gospel. The saviors come with a morning light, like Gandalf when they were holed up in Helm's Deep. Remember that? Savior with the extra U in it, by the way. Seems like it. No, it doesn't get. It doesn't say enough to get to law and gospel. It. I mean, the the closest that we have to a declaration of sin is sorrow in the darkest night and the mention of evil. All right, we have thirty seconds for false doctrine not already addressed. Uh, no, nothing there. It's empty. It's empty. All it's right, an empty bag. This song. So technically, this gets fifteen points, which which puts it appropriate for the car. I think we need to fix the scale because this is crunched. <laughs> 
this is yeah, completely crunched. <laughs> so I think what we wanted here, was, I mean, again, the title we were excited about, um, Final Word is the Cross, but we need to actually hear what that word is, and that was yes, lacking yes, here. Yes. So. Let, our, let the tomb of Jesus be empty and our songs of the resurrection be full ah, and not empty. Indeed. That's what I'd say. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Christos Anesti. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks for listening Anesti to this Alexos, edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.